In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings, host of The Big Story, Canada's longest-running daily news podcast. For six years now, we've been telling one story a day, every one of them about something that matters to Canadians. This spring, though, we're going deeper. The Big Story presents... Pay Dirt, the inside story of Ontario's Greenbelt scandal. From political games to stag and doe parties, endangered species, RCMP investigations, and Las Vegas massages, you will hear the full story, straight from the people who broke it. The Big Story presents Pay Dirt. New episodes every Monday, starting April 22nd, and you can get them all by following The Big Story wherever you get your podcasts. Find your frequency. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a sub science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about neurodivergence or neurodiversity. Is it a trend that is increasing? More and more people are online are saying that they have neurodiversity. What is going on here? We're also going to be talking about autism, really fascinating science information. And then we're at the end of the podcast going to be talking about new information about why plants are talking to each other and why balls, yeah, you heard that right, testicles are on the outside (laughs) in humans (laughs) (laughs) and dogs. No marsupials have their balls in front of their dicks. Oh, yeah. So, not to like shame them, but like it's kind of (laughs) weird. So weird. No. It's nature, Greg. It's natural. I know. It's not so weird. It's just different. Elephants inside, horses outside, dogs outside, primates (sighs) outside, seals inside. You could just, you know, it's like these testicles are. All over the place. Let's get there when we get okay. there. Maybe your neurodivergence. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah. So today we're talking about mm. neurodivergence. Um, it's something that I think we hear a lot more often recently. I feel like it's a term that has broke through into sort of popular culture. And it is upon research. There's a lot of talk about TikTok. I'm not getting those TikToks, but apparently. Oh, I a for lot sure of, am. Yeah. Uh, like, or just more, not necessarily discourse, but people openly talking and even just starting by saying like, oh, I'm neurodivergent. So this, this and this, right? Yeah. Like, it's uh, not necessarily the point. of That's the way video. it was described, but I haven't like literally seen them. I only got like, I don't know, like how to do a bench press. That's on me. I need to. I need <laughs> so to to that's when I'm like, up. have these moments <laughs> where I'm like, am I neurodivergent? Because I get a lot of them. <laughs> Well, you watch one, you watch many. I mean, I did type in neurodivergence on TikTok, so I am getting more now, but... Why don't, um, where do you want to start with this? Like, I figured we could start broadly with just, like, what it actually 
is neurodiversity by definition. So it is an umbrella term of ASD, autism spectrum disorder, ADHD, dyslexia, and some other conditions all fall under the concept of being neurodivergent. Yeah. Those are kind of like the quote unquote official um, disorders that people lump together for neurodiversity, but there's sort of a broader sense that like everybody's brain works differently. Um, some people have quirks in this way. Some people have quirks in that way. And that as a spectrum is neurodiversity, but I think it's rooted from the autism spectrum disorder. But it's it kind of like only, where I think it kind of came but from. But it only like came about in the 1990s. Yeah, the this name. term. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas that, like, that's important to know because like autism was first defined in 1911. Right. Whereas neurodiversity was first defined in the 90s. So you get why all of a sudden you're hearing about it now because it's mm-hmm. new. It's a new. It's a new term. Yeah. Well, okay. One important thing to know is that it is like not a medical term. So this is not something that you get like diagnosed with. It's not something that your doctor would necessarily. It's not that they wouldn't use it, but it's not oh. an official medical term. Um, Wait, what do you mean? Really? Yeah. It's not considered a medical term. So huh. you wouldn't see this in that regard. But... In general language, I'm not saying a doctor couldn't use it to help describe that there's a spectrum of ways that brains work. And so in a sense, it's the counter to neurotypical. So if we have like a bell curve of like how on average people's brains function, we might find people who are outside of the norm for better or for worse in different ways. Um, And I think this term was created to sort of be more inclusive and allow people to feel like it doesn't have to be considered like a disability or a disorder. A lot of times neurodivergence is an amazing part of society where some people have like amazing qualities that the quote unquote normal person wouldn't have. Yeah. And the movement was weaved into the social justice movement Mm -hmm. in order to sort of like understand that society is ableist and that in many ways, typical behaviors or like, they were defining ableist and I was like, whoa. So it's like, you're ableist. If you think that typical behaviors are superior. Yeah. I was like, that is so, that's such, I've never really thought about the term ableist for some reason. It gets thrown around a lot. Like for me, when I listen to like comedy podcasts, (laughs) like you're being ableist and they do in like funny ways. But I was like, yeah, like what does that mean? And it's like, oh, like they're the, the words they use were typical behaviors or superiors. Like that's really interesting. I think a lot of people are ableist. Like, yeah. Uh, and maybe unintentionally. So sorry, like, a I lot of people are unintentionally yeah. ableist because you know, when you in any particular domain, like you may be like, I may be able in one domain and not able in another. And so when you are in the category of like, you don't have to think like, I don't have a physical disability. I don't have to think about that. And so I think people just get in these bubbles where they're super ignorant. Yeah. The same goes with like queer issues. Like because I'm queer, I can see a lot of these discrepancies and a lot of these unintentional, hopefully discriminatory actions. And it's just because people live in their bubble and aren't considering what that means. But it's exceptionally homophobic when someone thinks they're better because they're straight. Whereas it's just ignorant when somebody like isn't really thinking about it, but maybe inherently lives a heteronormative life without being like, oh, there are other challenges people face. And ASD stands for autism spectrum disorder. So it's also about that word disorder. So Mm -hmm. some people think that's inappropriate and it would like, it's disorder like makes you seem like you are prioritizing typical behavior. Yeah. And that you should try and fix a disorder. Yeah. so So then they're like neurodiverse is maybe a better term. We'll get into at the oh it's it's so it is juicy because then I there's a lot of like 
interesting sort of like pushback like on discourse that. around yeah. it on, in many different ways to be honest so something else i was going to say is like part of its definition is that this is not something that's preventable it's not treatable or curable though it can be manageable again it can be so this a is strength where I get confused or a weakness because, well i get confused because it's like are you talking about autism spectrum disorder right now uh like in the most part that is what people are alluding to yes but like remember that we have just like anxiety disorder adhd like yeah things that i guess people are saying a lot of times if you have autism spectrum disorder this will likely be diagnosed when you're young it could obviously be diagnosed much later but many of these disorders get caught younger um and i think what What? was your question no i was just saying like you were kind of like describing to me autism spectrum disorder but oh. talking about neurodivergence and i'm like it is confusing because it's like yeah let's for the purpose of our conversation this is my take on it neurodivergent is a much broader term which includes asd yeah people with autism but it also includes like it encapsulate this idea that all of our brains work differently which is yes. why it can be really a positive thing yeah. but some people are left confused thinking like well yeah. Should we really be classifying everyone as neurodivergent yeah. then? So, like, and let's talk about autism spectrum disorder because mm-hmm. that sure. is, I think, for the most part, where a lot of people are going to be entering this conversation. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I, I don't know. There's lots of cool things I learned about that. Yeah, me too. It's worth mentioning that autism spectrum disorder used to just be called autism, and there was then later on introduced like Asperger's, which was considered by Hans Asperger. I didn't know that. Oh, me either. It's a person. Yeah. So. I believe it's because they it was classified as like high functioning autism. Well, okay, Asperger said that people who with difficulties with social reactions and communication would have Asperger's, but they didn't have the same troubles as people at the time. This is 1943, who were quote unquote. They didn't have, have the same what? They he felt that there was a discrepancy between people who had autism. Who again? I'm just saying this is 1943, mm-hmm. and this new group of mm-hmm. people who he described as having Aspergers, which meant that they actually had higher functioning when it came to language, cognitive function, and then he did call it high functioning autism. Okay. So it was like he's like, but they still had the issues or quote unquote difficulties with social reactions and communication, but not with language and cognition. Sure. But then I didn't realize that like now saying someone has Asperger's is like completely wrong. And yeah, it's don't been removed from yeah. like, cla- like that's why it's now called autism spectrum disorder. Which makes sense. Like everything's a on a spectrum. Yeah. It's, I not think two it's types. the same. It's not the same, but it's like, you know, we're having this discourse around like being queer or gay or straight. It's like, or an alcoholic. Oh, fine. Yeah. Alcohol yeah. use disorder yeah. as opposed to you're an alcoholic. Well, I was like, that was a really sharp no, well, term. To me, that right. makes more sense. It's like, are you an alcoholic? Are you not an alcoholic? Do you have autism? Do you not have autism? It's like, no, that's so black and white. Yeah. It's like, are you, do you have an alcohol use disorder? Mm-hmm. Do you have a, an, are you on the autism, do autism, wait, aut, are you on the autism spectrum? Do you have an autism spectrum disorder? Yeah. And so Asperger's has been removed and sort of like clumped yeah. back into that. And to me, I think neurodiversity, this is my personal take, is like an extension of that being like, okay, there are some, um, what do you say, like non-neurotypical activities that like are extreme and may cause like very difficult 
challenges and then others that are like on the other far end of the things that are just like kind of quirky yeah and everything in between that sometimes they i think in general when something's being called like a disorder it's because there's like a actual challenge you have to work through and it's causing um roadblocks or hurdles in your life um but i think the idea of neurodiversity is like we can also celebrate a lot of these and like just how we see diversity as a really positive thing. We can see like mental diversity as a positive yeah. thing as well. But it is like learning about ASD was interesting. It's like brains of children with ASD autism spectrum disorder do develop differently. Like mm-hmm. they can use brain scans and like see the symptoms, see where the symptoms come from. For example, they have fewer connections in parts of the brain with social, like which involves mm-hmm. social interactions and they have more interactions in parts of the brain with sensory, con- with like sense with like they, they in, feel things intensely mm-hmm. sense. And then it's like, okay, you got diagnosed when you have learning difficulties, trouble with verbal and like eye contact, you do repetitive movements. Like these are common threads that actually link to the brain scan. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, it's like a measurable. Thing. Yeah. That's what I'm like, that is important to remember. It isn't. Yeah. This is some of the discourse I see around and, and a couple of, we're going to like take some voice notes throughout, but um, some of them are around like, are some people just like self-diagnosing and is this a problem? Um, and to some people it is. And on the other hand, it's like, maybe it's nice that more and more people can be educated. But obviously I think the discourse around TikTok in particular is like lots of these people are self-diagnosing themselves. Do we want to do one of the calls? Sure. We can like take and let me just set yeah, this up. Yeah. Cause I do think it's interesting to hear from like, we don't have, I don't think we have direct experience. With no. And um, okay. Yeah. Why don't we take uh, uh, our listener voice note from Jay. So this is high yeah. Yeah. I've, I've okay. set this up, Greg. Don't worry. I promise it's going to work. Here we go. <laughs> Hi, so um, I'm um, uh, like someone who's undergoing tests for autism as a teenager, and I kind of think it would be pretty important to share my experience as someone who's still in school, because obviously, like, it school is a very stressful place when you have, uh, like, when you're neurodivergent, because it's a very loud place, and I think that's something I really struggle with, and also, like, teachers can be quite ignorant, so a lot of the times, like, my teachers will say, look me in the eyes when I'm talking to you, and obviously I can't really do that. Or they'll tell me to stop stimming in class, which I can't do because otherwise I'll get really stressed and I'll get, like, really anxious. And so it can be kind of an intimidating place to be. But I think that if you are able to get the help that you need, then it's really good. And all my friends have been really supportive since I've started kind of going through tests. And a lot of my friends are also autistic, so they've been able to give me a lot of tips on these kind of things. So I think that as long as you have good support, then it can be really, it can be a lot easier to manage than if you don't but yeah i don't know i thought this might be important to to share yeah, totally. totally yes thank Stemming. you thank you so much first of all jay for yeah thank that you in. and everyone who sent in voice notes like we appreciate it so much if you want to it's asapscience.com slash chat we'll try and be ahead of the curve and if you check our instagram we'll say like what topics are coming up but stemming is like the repetitive movement like that's the name of that when she said like mm-hmm. when i'm stemming and i was like oh yeah that's like an important thing to know like um i used to babysit a person with asd and i remember that them stemming like they would move when we were on the subway they would like like hug themselves and like rub their arms and like it was just if i hadn't known like being like stop that stop that i was like no i was very much like no you have to do that so those are things that are like yeah it's so important to know to hear from people and i i don't want to misgender jay like i'm not sure it it doesn't matter their gender but you just said she um but i think like 
hearing their story and hearing other people's stories is part of this idea to me of like the word neurodiversity or neurodivergent being important just like learning yeah, hearing yeah. these things like stemming like a lot of terms that i personally i, I haven't grown up with anyone like that mm -hmm. in my life or had like to, to help or be around or learn specific yeah things and the that, way that they were like my teachers like look me in the eye like it's just one of those things that it's just about knowing no teacher would ever do that if they knew it was gonna cause an issue I mean, yeah, we can't say no teacher, but of course, like no, most teachers want like, to accommodate no, like, their students no as best teacher, as well. like, <laughs> Miss, like the evil teacher from Matilda. Or right. Whatever. Like they're like, that's not, that's not as a teacher. That's not when teachers have issues, they're not doing it on purpose. They've, they're overwhelmed. They're like, mm -hmm. no, they're on, maybe they are uneducated or they don't understand. That yeah. That's not the right thing to do, but that, that, that was interesting. Yeah. And I think to me, it's just like so helpful to hear people's firsthand experiences and have it in media. Even if TikTok to some people doesn't count as, you know, like media media it is still like we're getting to see firsthand experience of people who have different levels of neurotypicalness or not um, and can talk about like their needs and give us a general sense that like it's important to see the world as different from you and it's like it like what they were saying it's like you just this podcast is like we have to talk about it the tiktoks are all about education like it is helpful mm -hmm. the more people can understand then the more that they can get the help at younger ages and that only thing that i ever read about there's no cure for asd or for being neurodivergent but the sooner you can get like help the like less severe quote unquote it will be yeah for it's more person. manageable yeah. and and that can that support is like having your teacher be educated on it and if even if your teacher is learning from their social media what that means they may actually be able to see their students differently and understand like even if someone falls outside the average how can i accommodate them i've seen xyz of course it's going to depend a lot of these um conditions or what's the right word to use here is yeah that, i was like it's so hard asd any like of disorder? these disorder yeah like, i don't i don't like calling it a disorder yeah. but i just want to mean like neurodiver it is they're so all <laughs> we don't want to be politically incorrect in any way obviously um so hopefully everyone listening understands like we're still learning about this <laughs> but yeah just to like know and see your class differently and know that they're all different but even though they're kind of clumped under neurodiversity i think like every individual's needs is slightly different especially if um it's more severe for them so what causes asd so it's genetic like in many ways at least in the scientific studies i found that like if you are someone with asd your child is more likely to have asd yeah and then there was also a strong correlation between the age of the father oh yeah I like saw that too. and this is completely anecdotal but the kid who i babysat with asd the father was very old hmm. so it's like that is obviously an like, know, <laughs> but it made me think when i was reading the study i was like oh my god it was like a big part of their life like he remarried he had a younger wife like and it was just i don't know i'm just like in this moment like whoa like they were like there is a correlation between an older father and your kid with asd and like that's important to know a lot of people don't understand that this like what biological clock exists for men's sperm mm -hmm. as it does the way that women stress with their biological clock. Like men, you're not, that's such a weird part of society that people don't think about. Which is like, like all the pressure comes on to, to women. And yeah. it's like, I'm not saying that like being neurodivergent is a good or bad thing, but it's like, if you need to understand that if there's these types of correlations, it's just like, it's just interesting. Mm -hmm. And just also knowing that there's like a genetic component, I think helps like, 
it helps. It helps with awareness. It helps like with like the validity of neurodivergence. Mm -hmm. Like it is a thing and there's a reason for it. One other thing I wanted to bring up and it's related to our next caller or listener. (laughs) What do we call them? Um, is we like, really went ham on these voice things. It's well, like, it's, it's fun to take them in. Yeah, and, like, I know. I'm just like, them. it's like, wow, we're now become like a call in. We're like public. We're like, and come in. Z103, we had a caller coming in. So, how common is it? And one interesting thing is that like rates have gone up a lot in the last few decades. So, I'm going to hit this call and then we can kind of talk about okay, the Z103. Hit that call. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tamara. I'm one of the few Australians that is left listening to the side note podcast um i work in disability support so i work with lots of people who are neurodivergent and i am neurodivergent myself um and i was wondering what your thoughts were on the seemingly seeming increase of diagnosis of people who have neurodivergent disorders such as autism adhd and so on are there actually more more cases or is it just a phenomenon where everyone's getting diagnosed now. What's the science behind it? Oh, Whoa. Thanks. Interesting. I feel so bad. I'm like, oh, like Australians are <laughs> actually. Like, Thank so the you reason, for hanging in there. So the reason she she said they're the few Australians listening is because I do absolutely go to town ripping on Australia quite often. <laughs> I say they're racist. I say they're ignorant. I say they have to, if I meet one, they have to prove to me that they're a good person before I'll say like horrible, horrible things. So like, thank you for listening. I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm obviously joking. I'm and, sorry on Greg's and behalf. every time I make those jokes, I I'm love just Australia. like never think about someone in Australia just being like, wow, this person hates <laughs> my culture. But you're really easy to make fun of because you're all so exuberant and extremely white. Okay. <laughs> As are we Canadians. Okay, Um, to the question. So I was looking into the stats like they say around 1% of the world falls into this neurodivergent spectrum. However, in the US and UK, or in particular in like high income countries, it's a lot higher. So it's between 2.4 to 10% when they look at US and UK studies. But that's probably diagnosed. Okay, well, this yeah, is so where obviously we've okay. seen a large increase in the last couple of decades. So in the year 2000, it was one, this is in America, it was one in 150 people would have been diagnosed. And now it's one in 36. So wow. that's like a pretty huge that is, change. Yeah. Uh, that one in 36 was in 2020, that number. But that to me, from what I saw was explained by the increase in diagnosis and people think it's a good thing. Explained by what? That people are having more awareness. And oh, di- yeah. yeah. It's, uh, sorry, it's, a, it's that not... That is the increase in diagnosis, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah, sorry. It's not like something is happening that's right. creating mm-hmm. more neurodivergence. Right. Which I think is what some people might think. Yeah. The science says that it's that in these wealthier countries, it's probably about systems of diagnosis mm-hmm. becoming better. It right? reminds me, honestly, of even... Like, uh, I hope these comparisons are okay. But, you know, when you see the graph of, like, left-handedness or even now you're seeing, like, the rates of queer people in young po- younger populations have, like, gone up a lot. But it's, like, eventually it will plateau. These things have become less stigmatized. Mm-hmm. People have What's learned. What's the left-hand thing? The left-hand thing is, like, being left-handed used to be associated with, like, being the devil or something. And so rates of left-handedness were way lower. And then at some point they kind of spiked. 
and oh. now it's come to then, a point where like it's no one cares if you're left or right-handed, oh. so it's like probably averaged out to how many sure. people are actually left-handed now naturally. So they're like the man. That's true. The amount of queer people is finite. It's always existed. It's been the same, but only now it seems like more because we're like we're gay yeah, and everyone's more comfortable and yeah. there's way more education and people are okay being like I'm maybe hmm. bi or maybe I'm pan or maybe I'm something in between because I've heard of these things. Now. So the neurodivergent number is probably higher than one out of a hundred or one percent. Yeah, or I mean, higher than the one out of 150. Like, yeah. even in the last two decades, we're seeing, okay, wow, so many people are now being diagnosed. And, you know, of course, there's probably diagnosis here and there that catch it wrong or, or get it wrong. But I think, in general, it's probably just coming to the place where we're actually being able to it recognize also, these symptoms. And and that's a good thing, because then we get to, like, help people yeah, help in any sure. way that they can. Because the only, again, the only way that you can get helped is like to have a diagnosis and then have people work around helping mm -hmm. you. But also there's a lot more like boys than girls. Oh yeah. It's, think. I think four times more men than women. But there is a theory and an understanding, at least from the studies I read that girls are better at hiding it mm -hmm. and they're better at masking in general. And they, they answer questions on the tests that are needed, like in ways that they think should be the right way. Like, and they also even will study them in specific groups and girls are just better at, it kind of made me laugh because it's just like society as a whole. It's like girls are probably better. At like, <laughs> or you know, forced to do it. Yeah, they like have to learn at a young age how to like literally fit in and not like make a stir or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so they that's what they think is it's not that girls have it less for like the genetic or brain scan reasons. It's that when it comes to the like physical testing, they're better at hiding it, which mm -hmm. I thought was like really interesting. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a sex determined genetic thing. Yeah. From any sort of like science that they understand currently. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's still much research to be done. Like those kind of associations they are, they see and they're still investigating. Like, is there actually differences? Are people predisposed to it? Is it genetic? Like, yes, we're getting answers to some of these questions, but of course there's so much variability. Oh yeah. And it's not caused by autism. <laughs> like, oh, you mean, I mean by sorry, vaccines. vaccines. Yeah. There was like, that is a funny part of this research that I just like forgot about, but there was a time <laughs> when like we had to make videos about that. Like it was like, that was a yeah. serious issue that I really do think has gone by the wayside because yeah, the one like messed up study, the guy has been like completely like a ball. I'm like, is he like in jail? He was like <laughs> abolished by all medical communities. The, the like article that he managed to get published was retracted like mm -hmm. in an insane way. Too. So like there was a, there was one study mm -hmm. published that made everyone go, a little wild about it, but yeah, vaccines don't cause it. C-sections don't cause it. Plastics don't cause it. The only thing they really know is it's like, there's some sort of genetic component right now, but mm -hmm. it's so complicated anyways that. And the spectrum right now, I think is also so broad. Like if we're talking about yeah. neurodivergence, including ADHD and anxiety and autism spectrum disorder, like of course those could have varying, hugely different impact, like things that might quote unquote cause them. Yeah. So I think like, when we're looking into like, is there a reason for these things? We have to, A, I think, zoom in first of all on one specific condition yeah, yeah. and then start to see like, are there trends? But I think even within something like autism spectrum disorder, there's lots of possible possibilities and you can end up on varying levels of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, one study I said that said that there was an increase in diagnosis, like to get to this person's sort of question. In the past 20 years, five times increase in the U.S., eight times in the U.K., and they do think it's due to higher awareness and better screening. So, like, it is it is likely that. Yeah, and I want to say for myself, like, 
because there's sort of this sentiment out there like, oh, now everyone's just calling themselves neurodivergent. So that like, is a thing. For sure. Yeah. Okay, but it's kind of, a th- it's happening that. with like queerness as well. Like, oh, now everyone's identifying like, like in that sense, in the queerness, it's like conservatives being like, oh, now they're like brainwashing kids into making them think that they're gay or bisexual or whatever. And it's that same sort of sentiment for this, like, oh, everyone's just like taking on this thing. And of course, like lots of people will say they are and they haven't been diagnosed. But to me, is that such a big deal? Like, okay, so, oh, okay. here we go. Okay, no, I, I <laughs> oh my God, kind I'm of like, know okay. where you're going to go with this and I will talk about that. But I think on the whole, for people to be yeah. a, educated about it, care about it and understand the potential differences they may not be on like a really severe form of the spectrum but to be able to see it for the first time might liberate someone from an individual level yeah i think maybe what you're gonna get at well okay no this was just this isn't necessarily my thoughts but i was like trying to understand it more and then i just was like linked to different articles one by this guy like tom clements that i guess a lot of people probably like don't like i don't know just like that's what i got okay but okay his point was that people who are severely autistic have like an extremely challenging life especially people who like need caregivers Mm -hmm. and they probably aren't the ones on tiktok talking about it and therefore like it says here that's like people severely autistic people have vision of who and who is on the spectrum, I guess. Right. Yeah. And he said, if you have the ability to film yourself and talk about it, it's, it's a certain, you're on the spectrum in a very different place than somebody who is nonverbal and like, can't like needs a caretaker. Yeah. Essentially saying that the people who are most in need are the ones getting left behind if it in becomes like the cultural. his quote unquote saying that it's sort of like a fashionable label. Okay. So I was like, that's obviously really intense words, but we did have a call in from someone sort of alluding to something like that. Mm-hmm. Like this idea that like everyone's making it their personality mm-hmm. and like leading with it and like all these things where it's like, okay, this is, this is like intensity that I didn't understand as someone who doesn't like, I don't define myself as neurodivergent, nor have I had that much experience. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking about like this kid that I babysat. Like he was se- had severe ASD, I guess is what it was called at the time. They just said autism, and like it was truly my high school job. Like I got paid so much money like after him because they that he was so challenging. Mm-hmm. Like it, I thought it I, in retrospect, and like even during the time, I was like, this is so easy. Like he was amazing. He was so fun. But it was like I can't imagine what it was like to be his parent and like if i went on like the subway and ttc in toronto with him i always would have to it was like a really intense experience mm-hmm. like it wasn't yeah. like now when i take my nephew on the ttc i'm so excited it's just fun like i always had intense anxiety if i yeah. like if he left his house and yeah. wasn't just like playing video games or even changing from a video game to having to like take him swimming it was like okay i need to spend like an hour like being like using all these tactics to it's just like okay this is like this person and this family is dealing with this thing that i could imagine if they were on tiktok at the mm-hmm. time and there was some I, again of, i don't yeah. actually know but if there was some like very like high functioning like gorgeous person being like taking the the label the label yeah. that's all that's all i just was reading it and was like okay it reminded me of how much effort and like that person my babies has come a long way and like i think that um yeah i would be so curious about what they thought it's kind of like there is there is like a difference between (laughs) normalizing something which is good and kind of like 
romanticizing it or like and does it end up alienating the people it's this, like, this is actually most, like a yeah. very interesting sentiment i think as we progress in society about everything like i was like i like it's like i don't know how to describe what i'm saying i feel like the the like 2016 trump era very there was a very black and white like liberal versus conservative mm -hmm. and it feels like things have evolved to a point where it's like um what am i trying to say i'm trying to say that like if you think about like even like trans issues like i've heard some really interesting points from trans people being like like the they them like discussion being taken over by people who aren't even dealing with right. like that oppression or that like just yeah. more trans dysmorphia right and yeah. so then then there's like a trans person who's like I am, I understand my lived experience and I'm going through hormone therapy or I'm not, or I'm doing these severe things. But then there's like, like some person who doesn't seemingly have any almost feels like they're caught, but it's like, I'm they, yeah. them. And then yeah. it's like, Oh my God. And then all of a sudden you're like, it's a very conservative, sorry, quote unquote, like Trump time conservative thing to be like, you're questioning right. them saying they, them totally. But it's like, Oh, it's because there is a person who's having gender dysphoria, who's going through a serious like understanding of themselves. And then now they're looking at people who aren't going through that, who are saying that they're, it's just like, okay, yeah. interesting. Like now that we're progressing, it's, it's kind of like, like to me, the in group, in group, out group, like sometimes we can say like, there's no such thing as a fact in science, but, but then it comes to like the larger thing. And it's like, no, but we know like climate change is happening and we know vaccines don't cause autism and we know this and that. Yes, but like yeah, if we're talking yeah, yeah, to our in group, totally. we get to go like, but like we also understand that like science is constantly yeah, that's evolving. That's a queer that's like, yeah, what I was so describing was queer a queer space, understanding. Yeah, but then something. it's like when yeah. you start to like bringing in like really yeah, conservative people, true. you're like, no, you're not allowed to say. No, <laughs> like, it's like, well, it's because it's like, oh, that's actually vitriolic hatred. Yeah. And it's ignorant and it's scary. So I think yeah. the in group of this is people who fall on the spectrum saying, look, some people on this spectrum, like the fear is like, oh, this some is people so never want to say anything bad about autism because they're like, everyone's beautiful, everyone's diverse, that's great. Yeah. But I think people who deal with it sometimes are like, but sometimes it's really challenging and stop pretending that it's great because there are people on the spectrum yeah. who need constant support, constant help. And by normalizing or romanticizing it so much, you risk like their stake in this. But to but, me, but that's it, like, it's a, we don't yeah. have a stake in this argument because we're, we're none of us, neither of us like experience this. Yeah. But to me, that's what it is. It's like people within the community kind trying to suss out, like, how do we discuss it? And then there's also the broader discussion of like, yeah, but if you're just going to be ableist, then don't say anything bad about us. Yeah, know? it is. So it's so like an online social media time thing because it's like all about people's opinions and nuance. And the only reason we can feel this way is because we know so much about people's opinions because of mm -hmm. like Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Like it actually is a product of social media. I think even this conversation about neurodivergence being like a quote unquote issue is only because of TikTok. Mm -hmm. It's only because like this Tom Clements guy saw someone maybe glorifying it and felt like a certain way. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, that is, I think a big issue with a lot of like even conservatives and people's things towards liberals. They're just seeing people online yeah. and cherry picking someone who might be like claiming yeah. something they're not or something, yeah, which totally. is like really interesting. It's like, it is 
I agree that it's an in-group thing, but it's but I think but I, yeah, people. I think yeah. that out-group people can view sort of like an inauthenticity there, yeah. and then like hang on to it, yeah. and it doesn't help the movement. Whereas other people are saying that like this Tom Clemens guy is completely off. Mm. That any sort of person claiming neurodivergence is helping the movement, mm. like. I do think I don't know where I fall fully, but it's like, I think in the past I would have been like, it helps no matter what. Like, it's just like, that was so me in like 2018. (laughs) Well, that's why I think like ultimately we're not the voices to say. No, no. I'm thinking more about like queer issues and like claiming they, them and stuff. And just being like, yeah, it's just so interesting. I never thought there would be any damage to anyone claiming something Mm -hmm. like queer. I'd be like, awesome. Someone's, queer it's like right. only recently like have i started it. to be like oh wow there could be some issues with that i don't mm-hmm. actually even know if that's true or not it's just something i've like questioned yeah which is cool it's about like being alive i think and, like, both thinking can more. exist i think like in any social or political movement you have you can have very strong different opinions on yeah. the right way to discuss like a liberation movement for any marginalized group yeah. even if you look back through history for like queer communities like there was a big dissension between like should gay or queer people even want marriage like a lot of people fought for that and there's communities that were like that why are we trying to be straight right so like uh, okay whatever happened happened but at the time it's like even though they're all fighting for liberation they view it through a different lens and it is like the exact correlation with neurodivergence like the history of it is completely linked to like queer social justice movements like Mm -hmm. the actual term was developed like in tandem with the queer Mm -hmm. like liberation movement so it's like they are actually linked it's interesting Mm -hmm. like marginalized communities end up being linked by nature of like being ostracized and treated differently in society it was so interesting it's so interesting yeah i didn't take any tests i don't think i'm neurodivergent like i was like do you like do you have any part of you that like i like only very loosely sometimes in that kind of tiktoky way you know i i know i don't have like severe challenges but when it comes to like anxiety and and that sort of thing i'm like okay if that's Hmm. gonna clump me into a neurodivergent personality or like overthinking or like ruminating for like a really long time fine but like i can handle myself i don't need care i don't like not not that i don't should like i need therapy and all those things but you know what i mean yeah the spectrum is broad and i'm not i don't want to claim i've never been tested i've never whatever but because you think like that like diagnosis involves like for example avoiding eye contact repetitive movements obsessive interest difficulties with emotional control sensitivity to light touch and noise this is for asd this is for asd it's like you can see how someone can like i don't like i find eye contact hard like so you could see how someone can like things that are very human yeah yeah yeah. sensitivity to like touch and noise like you're always like Mm -hmm. using your sensitivity to noise as like why like i should be less more quiet in a restaurant Mm -hmm. but that's like a very normal thing it could be so about so much more but you could see how maybe it's like oh if you claim it does it give you more validity or something like it's so it's that's why i think from the individual perspective it can be empowering to sort of see it be like i feel different but you know what that's okay and like the last thing i sort of wanted to say about like more and more people having it I think there's also like a bit of a skewed vision because like 1% of people at the low number we're saying over the world is like 80 million people. Yeah, that's a lot. So we're talking about, and like that's also just in like one category. Like there might be neurodivergence in like a specific way. Every now and then I see a TikTok that like gets me so much. It's like an anxious person being like, do you ever experience this, this, and this? And then there's just like 100,000 people being like, oh my God, I have this exact thing. And I'll, I'll ask you and you'll be like, I never experienced that. So like- Like what? 
Well, just different kind of weird neurotic anxieties. You know what I mean? And we're just you like do different. always think that you're about to die or be killed. Yeah, and then I'm yeah. like, and there's hundreds of thousands of <laughs> yeah. people online, yeah. and so it gives you this bubble or this world where you see so many people engaging with it. But like one percent is yeah. millions and millions yeah. and millions of people. On top of the fact that like the spectrum is so broad that it probably and diagnosis like, is getting better too. Yeah. Anyway, interesting. Whoa, yeah, it's that a, was so interesting. So, yeah. um, I was gonna be like call in, but it's like no, we already like they already did yeah no well thank you guys for sending in your yeah. voice notes if you are interested in sending those in on our topics like we'll try and put them on our instagram stories as they're coming up for you to send it in at asapscience.com slash chat otherwise we'll take instagram a is at asapscience hot take instagram no. oh yeah like uh, if you want to yeah and then we'll take a break it's so funny we have a new format i'm like freaking out <laughs> we're gonna take a break but we're, we're come still back. doing a comment corner at the end right oh if you want to yeah, like I that's do. a non-related comment yeah. corner. Okay, yeah, sure. We'll do that and our what you learn this week's right when we come back. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. What did we learn this week? Damn, I'm so turned upside down. I'm like, what? what I thought that should have said study time. Like, I'm so lost. <laughs> just like we switched the format. We'll and I'm figure like, it out. Um, my what you learned this week is about plants that were caught on film talking to each other. Oh my god, I just picture like <laughs> that, like Mario, like, <laughs> or, like Toy Story, <laughs> like them, like waking what? up and no humans are around. No, what are them? What's uh, the, like the chomp chomps or whatever? Yeah, is that what they're called? Piranhas. They look, they look like the way you draw a mushroom if you're drawing a cartoon mushroom, but they have teeth. Yeah, piranhas, chomp chomps. What uh, they're called? I don't know. Honestly, which sometimes is which. with Mario, I'm like, we could be a little more creative. Chomp, chomp. I can't believe Nintendo ended up with like two Italian. Oh no, chomp from chomps like these ones, the like ball oh, and chain. Just wanna be a ball and chain. Mario. 
I think it is called a piranha plant. Yeah. Okay. That's... Okay. I guess that's a little creative, like a piranha bit of plant. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that's what I'm picturing when I'm picturing them talking to each other, but go off. Okay. So like after I wrote this out, I was like, it's not the best what you learn to speak for a podcast, but I kind of want to make a video about it. So I want to okay. share it because the thing is visual. So okay. they obviously like scientists have known that plants communicate via chemicals, chemicals in the air, both in terms of like protecting themselves and communicating so like if there's insects on them or they're damaged they really signals but what they don't understand is like how do they receive those signals like when one plant gives it away what's actually happening they don't have like okay continue right so basically they like got a bunch of insects to attack plants and then um had plants that were protected from that just Hmm. and then they like rigged them up to be fluorescent whenever there was like a calcium what do you say like a calcium signaling which is like how human cells communicate as well and basically isn't that crazy like all of our neurons are just like calcium and like going in and out of of channels yeah on and off on and off for computers (laughs) yeah truly it's like zeros and ones but like with calcium channels in your neurons and when you learn that in biochemistry it is existentially scary (laughs) continue um so basically they then were able to discover, okay, the, the could a see the plants firing. So it like a, a chemical would hit the area of a leaf. And the coolest part is seeing the video where the leaf like shoots a bolt of fluorescence down Whoa. it. So like one signal triggers like piranha plant thing. as fuck. Yeah. And then they were able to slowly isolate what are the actual chemicals that are being released. So they found two specific ones. Z3 how and E2 how um, those triggered the calcium signaling pathways and then they were able to identify from that specific like cells that are called guard cells that are oh, yeah. like, the triggering source yeah guard cells exist in cells yeah, but that's they part are the of ones like... that happen first and then the rest of the cells will like fire off so it's how they like received the communication that they yeah. found out that's like cool. what the chemicals were that were triggering it in at least in these specific plants and then like how that looked if you look it up you'll probably see like a short little video of the plant in fluorescent like under a microscope lighting up which i thought was really cool whoa plants talk y'all so they only ever knew before that they released the chemicals but not how they like responded to them yeah like because that is that sort of like classic like five years ago pop science like plants talk to trees are talking to each other like you must love them and it was actually like okay true yeah but i never thought about how they were only talking about the release of the chemicals yeah now they're like this is how they. oh that's Mm -hmm. crazy that that everything is so much smarter than we think it's like (laughs) we're slowly just gonna know enough science to be like oh we are the dumbest ones (laughs) it's like oh are we the only ones that are actually like ruining yeah it's also like oh consciousness only exists in one species yeah because it's bad Okay. I Whoa. Went too far. <laughs> what? Wait. Did you read something? Because that is a thing. Yeah. No. Well, no, that was a new thing. What do you mean? There's like a new like sort of trend, or it was like you know when you like are okay. Not everyone's science communicators like us, but if you look up like science on a general day, there'll be like 20 articles about one thing that has captured the imagination. Okay. And that was it was like a consciousness scientist there was saying like a, yeah. that humans are killing ourselves oh that like our advancements are officially killing ourselves Hmm. like it was like a weird consciousness super heady phd (laughs) neuroscientist argument for something that's very obvious which is climate the climate crisis but it was saying like it's actually the product of our consciousness that has created this thing that is going to kill us yeah i hadn't read that i mean i guess i sort of meant but you just said it 
Yeah, from like, you know, Intuition. a Buddhist perspective, I was oh, trying to think whoa. like, we, it's often like consciousness and forethought and all these things are what make humans human and, and they're amazing, but they cause also humans a lot of strife and problems, both like internally and as you're saying, externally in the world. Oh, you mean like the so pain I'm, of knowing what the future and the past and the... No, I also just mean like looking at, we basically class every other creature on this planet with not being able to like think like to be able to predict yeah, which, and is build, so which rude. may not be true but like thinking of a tree you're like why has this these species that have been around forever like not developed consciousness it's like, and it's like maybe or maybe it's because it's like it doesn't help a species survive long term we are oh well we're like <laughs> actually on such different pages i'm like no they do and you're like no they don't and that's like Interesting. The actual concept of consciousness is the issue in your head. It's like we're an evolutionary. Whereas I'm like, they might, they maybe are conscious. Oh, fine. Whoa. Consciousness is is a different, like what, what you mean by that. Okay. We should write, do we want to do an episode on consciousness? We need to do like four. Cause this is a huge thing in science, which is consciousness. Yeah, write it down. Well, it's, I I always think of it as like, it kind of sounds just very like guy on mushrooms talking about nothing like (laughs) consciousness, but it's so scientific Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, quantum mechanic see and that like not everything's adding up mm. and and like there will be like a staunch like white british guy with a beard who's like this is consciousness and then there'll be like some other like kenyan scientist who's like you are an evil and that's wrong like they're like they're like actually like people have like <laughs> where are you getting this narrative i well i just read a bunch of stuff about okay. it people have strong opinion it's like mm. it's the type of science where there's not enough information to have an answer so when people build their own theories and other people try and tear them down they get really like um personally attacked because they want to be the einstein of consciousness like they want the future to look back at them and be like Like you were the one but then someone else is going everything you're saying is so ridiculous Mm. for this reason and it's like very scientific academic drama yeah it's like the best kind in my (laughs) opinion it really is and it's like about the consciousness and these like insane things but yeah i do think like i'm like squirrels hide their nuts for the winter like but some people would argue that that's just instinct they don't think about it. Doesn't that seem so rude? Like if I was a squirrel, I'd be like, you're so rude. I'm literally hiding this stuff. Like I know where- you tell me where a thousand nuts that you hit are. Like maybe you're not conscious human because you can't find your keys. No, you're right. Like, and we define things to like suit us as superior often. Yeah. And it's like birds have been evolved way longer than us and mm-hmm. they have magneto. They're literally in tune with the magneto reception of the earth. <laughs> I don't know like the magnets of the earth, but like that chickadee does. So they anyways. say dogs know that too. They poop in alignment with it. Exactly. I mean, I, I look Allegedly. at of all of the things when I look at Ernie, I'm like, mm, that's not evolved. But yeah, like, I take I, that back because I think there's been like some studies that debunked. Or I, I don't oh, look into that. I think it's like on thing? average they do like face a certain direction when they're pooping that they're like they must be feeling the magnetic. I haven't looked into this wow. in a long time. So just like, I don't want to like spread misinformation. So just like, let I would look love if humans <laughs> had to like tilt themselves Poop around a the bowl way. to shit <laughs> a certain way. Um, okay, so mine's about balls, aka Cute. testicles. <laughs> Cute, eh? Oh, like a, it was a joke. Oh, <laughs> actually, do you find decide. balls attractive? Because like so many people are like ew balls, and I'm always like, I don't mind. You know, Weird. it's hit or miss for me. Some some are nice and some are not. Wow. <laughs> well, okay. Why are testicles on the outside in humans? Truly, another thing like consciousness. Scientists debating this for years. <laughs> Just as important. <laughs> Just as important. Well, it probably is. Actually. The theory. It is actually extremely important <laughs> because of like the reproductive like importance of sperm mm-hmm. and then balls. Like it is 
a hilarious appendage of a human, like a naked man standing in front of you <laughs> as an alien. It's like, so what are those things? About? Like that is the most odd part of the body. Like even female vaginas and like, like, or anything in between vaginas and breasts are less like literally in your face. Yeah. It's like, okay, that thing is on the outside. What is going on? Um, but one of the theories is that like bigger balls were sexually selective mm. and because that, they were like attractive. I'm like curious. I'm like, when you say attractive balls, are you thinking bigger? I guess. Cause that is like, but it's one, not like I it's want been like debunked, huge balls. No, no, I know the theory, which is not true. But again, some I don't want to say what makes it attractive to me. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, really? I'll I, tell you off the pod. <laughs> like one lower than another. Yeah. No. Really? No, 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 come no, no, on. No. We're open book. I'll tell you what I think is attractive. I do think big, I guess. Yeah, droopy. Yeah, Whoa. but if they were like too big, I'd be like that. That's no, like I don't I mean like absolutely abnormal, like a foot long, like Guinness World Records. I just mean like. No, I don't know. I got to think about this question more. Move on. Move okay. On. Wow. <laughs> it's like such a whiplash from like a very serious neurodivergence conversation <laughs> to like, what kind of balls do you like the most? Um, so, so this is a debunked theory and some poor scientists probably did die and like everyone was like, you're not right. But he was like that the bigger balls meant they had enough energy and resources to have big balls. So like people were attracted to big balls, but that's not the reason they're outside. And one the uh, hypothesis that I had never heard of is the galloping hypothesis, which is that animals whose mobility is characterized by quick movements like humans, like horses, like dogs, like primates have them on the outside. Cause if they were inside the internal pressure of like jumping so fast, they would like explode. <laughs> and so they slowly, explode? well, that's an exaggeration because obviously it's evolution. Like slowly they evolved to be mm. in a scrotum so that we could like bounce around, around and like, <laughs> spear and like, <laughs> that's so funny. Like literally bouncing balls. Cause I'm trying like, to think the like point. other animals that don't have it on the outside, like elephants or something. Yeah. I guess they're just like not bouncing around enough. It, that was their great example is the elephant that just trots along. And if it, ba- they jump, they run sometimes, but I guess it's yeah, like not. But if they jump, so. maybe they're, internal balls would break but it is they do use they talk about elephants a lot in testicles being outside because the theory is most accurately of around the temperature Mm. of the need to create sperm it does in many ways have to be lower so like when we left the water like all of our ancestors is when they think endothermy which is creating your own internal like heat became so important that it has to do with something like that. So elephants also are animals that had to deal with it. And they noticed that they are like cooler quote unquote on the inside. Mm. So like maybe they didn't come out same with seals, like whereas there's other animals and then there's other like ours come out before birth. Mm -hmm. Like when you're like born, like the balls are out. Whereas other animals like come out after birth. Marsupials have balls in front of their dicks. Wow. Like the ball concept is like, truly all over the place and it's like kind of interesting and like i get why scientists are obsessed with it but it is like to us as humans with society being like are like lol like you're a ball researcher like <laughs> crazy but it was cr- like people are up in arms about the real reason and i don't think anyone will know ever and you being like every scientist wants to like get it right i, I just think long term we don't know anything like even Einstein, I think in, in two thousand. No, I know, but for like a hundred years. Don't you think in like five thousand years they're gonna be like, Yeah, they didn't know anything. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know about Einstein. You like think- some of those principles of physics I think are pretty amazingly okay. true. Think of think of I do sometimes think of like aliens coming Homo and being sapiens like one hundred thousand years ago and them imagining something they did would still have any relevance to I know, but I have faith. I just think in- we're gonna 
We don't know anything. Like, think of, we live literally in an infinite universe and we barely even know why we sleep. I always <laughs> think about what would happen like at MIT if the aliens came and then we're like, you got physics wrong. <laughs> like I always think about that. I'm like, it would be wild to watch these like engineering bros lose yeah. their mind. Cause I do think that they are actually in many ways. Right. I mean, a lot of it's things, just constructs for us to build upon. It like, would really like, it would really hurt some egos in Silicon Valley if that if they that were just like is? yeah you got it all wrong yeah or just like you're like fundamentally off with all of your equations <laughs> in fact the math you're doing is like it's interesting it that it's work for you guys but it's like completely like non-existent but that is like what happens like we create these systems and rules and laws that work and, and then suddenly we're like oh but except for when things are really little or really big we have to like literally reinvent everything yeah. we're currently like we do not know how to bring together like gravity and these ideas I know like, I think that like we will learn yeah that, but then that, i think they'll look back and be like yeah that your cute little equation like worked when you only looked at like wow. throwing a ball there's so many <laughs> now is when you need to asapscience.com slash chat us like we are hurt that is like i'm talking we're swinging big we're oh, swinging big we're all this. wrong and we will never know anything because we'll be that <laughs> from climate crisis or the sun. oh wow okay yeah that too um shall we do one last comment corner oh yeah go off you want to do yeah okay. Comment Corner. Hey, ASAP Science. What's up? It's Leah and Teresa, and we were wondering what your opinion is on the Toronto gay club scene. Oh gay my god. Scene. I thought they were going to ask us about consciousness. I was like, oh god, we're going to have to get deep. Now, this is some nice, shallow playing the gay <laughs> club scene. It's like, um, I'm too old. Wait, <laughs> no. do you. You've never been a clubber. I've always had to drag Only you to dine when club. when we like travel, then I'm like, I'll go to a club. But I'm like, what club do I go to in Toronto? Like, yeah. I feel so that I'm pretty detached. That is actually world. a really good question. And now I am like, we are old because mm -hmm. in the past, what we would have gone to like fly nightclub. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just like embarrassing that I'm loud. <laughs> We used to go to that fly nightclub for grapefruit night. It was like the only night where like us twinks were like allowed in and like kind of weren't just like abolished because we didn't have like muscles. And it was like, <laughs> it was the club from Queer as Folk and it was really fun and it was decades ago. So we need to move on from that. Mm -hmm. I, we constantly say that the West end of Toronto needs a queer bar, mm -hmm. but now there are some, like there's one called $3 bill that just opened. Mm -hmm. Like the idea that we have, we're like, we need to open this. Like people yeah, are Yeah, because the it. West End used to have a couple Peaches. of queer. Yeah, yeah. There are spaces now, which is nice. It's popping up. But, but they're not clubs. Yeah, they're not clubs. And like we seem to, whenever there is like a quote unquote gay party, go to this like stockyards place that I call. Oh, true. That I call Berlin. Like, yeah, we go to Berlin. <laughs> There's like this weird like in the building <laughs> that like every sort of like queer or gay adjacent parties like it's at the blah 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 and it's just like i guess like a factory was abandoned and so now everyone does parties yeah there. like you guys can tell us because i feel like i don't go to a specific clubs but what ends up happening especially around pride is that there's events that end yeah. up renting out spaces that will end up going but to that's like a sign that maybe that's there's not and like yeah i think that might be for a lot of people what their experience is as well like it's all. the night you're going to and yeah then they, they probably found a cool space on like geary or something the other part of toronto <laughs> i call berlin geary street our berlin. actually yeah i've been to like and i we are old so like 
<laughs> we're actually not that old. No, but we're 35. And so like bringing up clubbing, like to many people who are like sitting with their two kids listening are like, you're sad, but like we're gay <laughs> men. So we just have like, a, we do have like a sad life where we have to like keep partying, but um, we definitely don't party as much, but I have gone to like club nights, like on Geary and I am like, okay, this, I am old. Like there is like a club queer scene that is like very mixed, very like, I was like, like young. It was young, but it was also like, wait, are these people straight? Are they bi or whatever? Mm. Whereas like when we go to those like dumb gay events, it's, it's like, like so 40,000 men. Gay men. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, they are, I don't feel yeah, old. Teach I feel us, our like, age. We're, we're A, as at, or at our age, would be accepted to go to like a, yeah, I would love to be at more parties with just like more women and queer people, but also yeah. don't want to like impose on spaces where like men yeah. are not wanted. This is the but, plight of being a gay man. Is that like- Especially like alternative. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, like some gay men could care less, and they just gay, only want to be surrounded by men. Yeah, a lot of them are like exactly. that. This is what I mean. The play to being gay man is like it's not cool anymore, folks. <laughs> like it is like we. I know you're asking us about queer club scene or whatever, and it's just like where the gay men are at. It's like maybe run in the other direction, <laughs> and that's just my opinion. As I do go on a lot of like homophobic rants on oh, this Greg, podcast, you need to be careful, but. No, I don't. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I, I do not need to be careful. I think gay men have a lot of owning up to do. Fair. Because I do think it's like, okay, you find a really cool queer space in Toronto. You let the gay men show up. It's ruined. Mm. Truly, they're going to take their but shirts off. They're going to do the their... But when you go... Mm. You've actually really un opened a can of worms. When we go to those spaces, I'm actually like, why are there 20,000... Sure, 35 to 40 year old men who are on steroids in Toronto. Like, mm. where did these people come from? And then the, you'll talk to one, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm a lawyer on Bay Street. I'm like, okay, well, then don't let them into the queer bar. Cause, like, <laughs> here we, you know what I mean? Like, if you, it is interesting that push and pull. Yeah. I, I mean, what I'll say though is like, I'd rather be there than the few times I've had to go to a straight bar and they're like doing bottle service and, <laughs> yeah. and they're like the firecrackers yeah. and people true. are like, that to me is like my worst nightmare. Like I'd rather be at a basic gay bar, but a basic <laughs> gay bar is not that far from that anymore. No, you're right. And in fact, sometimes I'm like, I'll see people like on social media, like post like after one of those gay events and be like, I'm so happy that Toronto has <laughs> space for queer nights. It's like, that wasn't that, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, that was like, that's not queer. like white supremacy as a party. <laughs> oh my God. No, but I'm just like, it is like, it's like, don't claim that that's what mm -hmm. that was. Like, don't pretend you're part of like, I am like going on a legitimate yeah, tie, right? So what worms. I want to do an upcoming episode on and you could call in, and I found a really cool study, is about internalized homophobia. Mm -hmm. Because I do think, although I'm going on these <laughs> homophobic tirades, I, mm. I do think internalized homophobia is still a huge issue. And I think there's a lot more research on it. Totally. And I think Especially it's what creates... gay men. Yes. And I'm like, I know I'm making fun of gay men. And in this moment, I'm like, we need to do a video because I do feel bad because it's coming out of these insecure places. Mm -hmm. And it's manifesting as like almost like a like amoebic blob that takes over mm. the queer yeah. sort of whatever it has so let us know about your opinions <laughs> on internalized homophobia and i will on that episode obviously be going off okay <laughs> holy right. shit we am i canceled it. a good question let me know if i'm canceled and we'll see you next week yeah, hopefully. <laughs> okay, bye 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.